Welcome to From Beyond, a podcast about consciousness, metaphysics, and a wide variety of provocative spiritual topics. I'm Michael Vodder, and I'm here with Universal Channel author and spiritual consultant Cindy Riggs. Cindy has been practicing professionally for 20 years, and she has a unique and fascinating perspective on spirituality. So Cindy, let's talk about the Buddha. I'd love to talk about this. This may be the first of many podcasts about the Buddha because I know you're a fan of his and he's a fan of yours, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, but so let's talk about some of the essential things. And you also channeled a book about the Buddha. So we're going to reference that. It's actually not about, it's not the, about Buddha the Buddha as much as it is his words that I channeled through me, which is a huge honor. It an is. amazing opportunity. And an important clarification. And I've been channeling him since 2002. Okay, so why don't you tell us first, how did you meet the Buddha? Well, I was channeling for a client, just a one-on-one session. And I, in all of my years of channeling, I've never really requested a being. So I would just say, who is the most appropriate person to talk with her today or to give her messages? And it was the Buddha who showed up and his, ma- his energy was massive. And uh, ever since then, it was the, the most amazing thing to date, you know, in 2002 for me, mm-hmm. that kind of energy, that intensity and that just enormity of that energy that was his. And it was so wise and so loving and gentle at the same time. And just, it was an amazing opportunity. And then he's appeared to me many times since then. Very interesting. Okay. Now today I'm going to request him. Right. (laughs) For our listeners. But um, most of the time I'm not making the request. He's just showing up when he decides to show up. And that's what makes it so interesting. So I'm going to ask you some questions. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we are going to... we're going to summon the Buddha. Yes. Right. He's already here. And I will completely merge with him in order to allow him to answer more of your questions. Right. So in effect, you'll be going away and I'll be talking to the exactly. Buddha. Exactly. Um, but so for right now, this is this is Cindy Riggs. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. All right. So first, let's talk about the Buddha, um, the history, um, who he is. He was a human. He lived in like 623 BC okay or he was born in 623 BC and he was born in a palace he was a prince he was born in luxury he was born with everything he needed they educated him they exposed him to everything that they wanted him to be exposed to but then about age 29 he's like I want to know what's out there I want to know if this is the only reality and so he left behind all of that opulence, all of that um, entitlement that he had, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he started living like a homeless person, basically, okay. to see what, you know, that's when he started to experience people that were afraid and unhappy, and he had never been exposed to that before. So he has an existential crisis. He leaves, yes. <laughs> he leaves yep. his, his cushy, entitled mm-hmm. uh, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. He goes traveling. He goes on foot traveling, yes. He, okay. wa- he begs for money. He begs for food. He loses so much weight, he nearly died. Almost starved himself to death. But he wanted to experience the contrast out there. Mm-hmm. And what did he learn? 
Well, he learned about contrast, but what he did learn was to, was balance. The biggest part of the story is that he goes from one, you know, pendulum swing to the complete opposite. Mm. I mean, that was a complete opposite. Then eventually he figures out how to bring himself into balance. So starving yourself is not the answer. Living in luxury is not the answer. What is the answer? And he found that middle way, he calls it. Okay. Very good. That, that sums it up very nicely. Okay, good. So we have this concept of enlightenment, right? This is... Mm-hmm. This Buddha is, is known as the enlightened one. Actually, right. the word Buddha means enlightened one. Right. So you can't talk about one without the other, right? Right. The first, the first thing that pops into someone's mind when we start talking about the Buddha is enlightenment. So enlightenment, that's right. So what? And this was possible for a human. He discovered enlightenment while still in human form. So he's known now as an ascended master. And what does that mean? That means that he has ascended this reality, and he is a master of the universe. One of the many masters that have lived in human form. So is that? enlightenment or what is is it related to enlightenment I don't know if there's one definition for enlightenment okay it is definitely one form of enlightenment yes I see so Buddha means enlightened one that's sort of a nickname or a title his name was actually Siddhartha that was his first name okay his given name are there any more, um, anything else about the history of the Buddha that we should Gosh, go over? Well, we could go more forward into all of the aspects of the Buddha, okay. which there are dozens and dozens and dozens, but that's not necessary. If people have heard of Kuan Yin, that is an aspect of Buddha. Okay. Kuan Yin may have been a human. I don't know. What do you mean by an aspect of Buddha? In Hinduism... There are aspects of Vishnu, such as Shiva, Lakshmi. All of the gods and goddesses are aspects of the one God. Okay. One creator, God, slash goddess, or however you want to understand that in gender. So there's this Buddha who is now um, thought of as this great ascended master. Well, then there were other... There are, there's Chen Rezig, there's Avalokiteshvara, all these, she has a thousand arms, and some of them are female, some of them are male. I don't and, know and a lot about be, that. These could be understood as aspects of the Buddha? Aspects of the Buddha, So, right. sort of discrete consciousnesses? Or yes, individual, and, I, and some of them have not been human. So some of them have been created by a group of people who said, well, the Buddha was great, but what if it was female and had a thousand arms? Now that's something we can worship and, and look at for ourselves. And I see. So these are, so could one say that each aspect of the Buddha was created, in a sense, by an individual group of people that, that thought of the Buddha that way? The way I understand it, because I'm not that familiar with all of the aspects of the Buddha, but I am familiar with Green Tara, who is the Tibetan mother goddess. Okay. So every civilization has had a divine mother. Right. Right? Tara is the divine mother of the Tibet, the Tibetan faith, or whatever, the Tibetan system. And she, when I channeled her, she said, I was created from the collective consciousness of humans. I was okay. not human. I can't speak for all the aspects of Buddha like that, but I can speak um, for Tara. Very interesting. Okay, so then when you're channeling Buddha, 
is that one aspect of Buddha? And if so, which one? How do you know? Well, when I'm channeling the Buddha, I understand it to be the ascended man who lived on earth and, and in, discovered enlightenment. Okay. Achieved enlightenment. That's who I extend. Like, you know, sometimes people understand mediumship. Like, am I talking to your grandfather or someone who passed away? This is a higher level, but it's similar to that. It's still that configuration of that person. Okay. Does that answer the question? It absolutely okay. does. Okay. Good. So back to enlightenment. Yes. So the concept of enlightenment, what would be, what would be the core concept that the Buddha, obviously will ask the Buddha himself oh yeah right. but, but I'd love to I'd love to share what he what is in the book okay. about enlightenment um, because some of it is just so and, and he would probably repeat the same thing but uh, he says probably the most powerful technique you could use is being in the now being present and we've had a lot of that information come out in the past 20 years mm -hmm. the power of now by Eckhart Tolle you know all this presence practicing presence Right. Mindfulness meditation. Um, but how to define it, I'm not sure he actually defines it, except it's, a, it's, it's void of fear. Okay. It's absolutely existing with no fear. Well, and when I say fear, I want to I just establish up front that that includes anxiety, depression, uh, guilt, frustration, hanging on to the past, anything that is negative is fear-based. And when I say the word fear, some people say, well, I'm not afraid. I'm like, oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> You're just not <laughs> calling it fear. You're calling it frustration. I see. Right. So one of the things that the Buddha does talk about is that everything is either rooted in fear or rooted in love. Right. 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 That's a central concept that a lot of these spirits and consciousnesses Most are, of them. are addressing. Yes. And... and I've had the opportunity to channel thousands of different beings and that's wonderful because while their messages are so similar mm -hmm. in words people if they think of the Buddha as somebody powerful and helpful then they'll listen to the Buddha more readily than they would listen to somebody else from another belief system right. perhaps does that make sense it does make sense and so I think it's who the delivery person is sometimes who the messenger is right because if I, if I so much as say, well, I'm going to channel this being who I've never heard of for you, and then a little bit later I say, oh, now it's Mother Mary, I can hear the group go, ooh, <laughs> you know, like that's somebody really high and important when, when it's this similar messages. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, we're really all equals. Culturally, though, we're, we're primed to listen to we Mother are. Mary and the Buddha. That's right. Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. So another essential concept that the Buddha talks about in the book that you channeled is Buddha speaks messages from an ascended master yes, yes. which is an excellent <laughs> book by the way thank you thank you um, is the idea of illusion, illusion and yeah. it seems as though this is sent like very much related to the idea of enli uh, enlightenment as well because mm -hmm. um, so the Buddha said the important message is that your surroundings your atmosphere your environment it is illusion and it is also not illusion. <laughs> Just to confuse you, right? Things are as real as you believe they are. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means, in essence, we are in a hologram. Okay. And we are manipulating the reality, what we're seeing and experiencing and feeling 
with our mind. Our mind is actually the computer commands that are going into the, the matrix or the hologram. Right. Okay. Now that's kind of out there for some people. Yeah, but it, it does but hold together as a framework if, if one mm -hmm. were to, um, you know, entertain that. Right. So if you're a Star Trek fan, you understand the holodeck. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, um, and how you are putting in a program of something you want to experience. And that's exactly what we're doing here. We're in a holodeck, all of us, mm -hmm. and we are either sticking with the same program or we're making changes. Okay, so he went on to say, so my mm -hmm. message to you is to open your mind to the fact that your environment, your immediate environment, or the things that you can see outside the window, perhaps they are not really there, or perhaps they are really there. And there is so much more <laughs> that you are unable to see because you do not believe it is there. Right. You don't have a concept of it yet. Just like the uh, natives who saw the ship, but they didn't see it. All of a sudden, there were people coming onto the shore. And they were like, where did you come from? <laughs> well, there's our ship. And they were unable to see it with their eyes. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. <laughs> so wh what was it that he said again? That it's, it's there and it's not there. Because both are true. I see. We are um, on the quantum level of all that is. It's all just particles. Yeah, it's just a field of possibility. So if there's a tree in your yard, you see it as a tree. But that's still part of the hologram. You feel pain in your body. That feels very real. And it is. Because in this space of duality, mm -hmm. which is a term that they use a lot, that that's where it's real but outside of here it's not real so it's real and it's not real so it seems to me that this is central to enlightenment because yes and this is me talking it, it seems that realizing that realizing that everything can be viewed as an illusion yeah. is an enlightened thought in a sense it is it's kind of a you know zooming out like google earth yeah. thought yeah. <laughs> or concept it helps, it's helped me tremendously to not take things so personally, to not get upset about things because it's all really fleeting. Okay, so another concept related to enlightenment. The Buddha mm -hmm. also said in this book, every day you work to rise above the dual part of yourself yes. or the shadow part of yourself, it is there. It is meant to be there. That is part of this experience. Yes. But inner peace is achievable. Yes, it is. So and what he does that knows mean? that because he lived it. Yes. Okay. He uh, worked to overcome the dual part of himself, like the really, really happy and the really, really unhappy. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple way of putting it. We are all dual in nature, so some depictions have the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other one, as, like, as though we have two voices within us, and we do. We have the inner critic or the ego, and then we have the true self or the soul. So this is the duality. This is a central concept in Buddhism, as would make sense. Seems to be a but central concept every, in, in everything. Sure. Yeah. Yes, true. Um, and basically, uh, by evaluating something, you make it either good or bad. Right? That's, that's right. That's you are labeling it, judging it, making a decision whether it is good or bad. Right. And goodness is only definable in, in the context of the bad. Badness is only definable in context of the good. Right. And the point of view of the observer. Right. And so that is, that is duality. Exactly. Now, can we get away from it? Yeah, we, we can die. <laughs> then we won't be in duality anymore. But while we're here, as he said, we're trying to rise above that. We're trying to manage it. 
Because mm-hmm. many people think they can't manage their depression or their anxiety or whatever it is that is giving them challenges in their life. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, it is manageable, but we have to take responsibility and control over our mind. I hear that over and over. It's like, if you can control your mind, you can control your life. Yeah. And so obviously, meditation, mindfulness, sure. those sorts of Self-love, self-compassion. You know, many people I meet have compassion for other people and they're serving these other people and trying to help them all the time, but then they're not doing anything for themselves. Hmm. It's like if they help someone else or the illusion of help, whatever that is for them, then that makes them feel fulfilled. But that's not a true self-fulfillment. Because sometimes we feel like if we're doing something that's helpful, then we're good enough. Hmm. Or then we have some value. But we don't, for some reason, value ourselves just because we are these beautiful children of God or Source. Okay, so let's talk about the concept of thought, negative thought. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Buddha said, this is how you become drained. Not so much your physical workout, not even so much your mental thought patterns around your work each day. Mm -hmm. It is the negative thought, which for many humans is automatic. Right. Running on autopilot. The human not even aware that they are choosing these thoughts in each moment. That's right. Because our society teaches us to be that way. And you know, it was that way when the Buddha was born. (laughs) (laughs) What has changed? Duality is still here. And we still think that there's got to be a right and a wrong and a good and a bad. And that's what our society teaches you. This person's right. This person's wrong. This... Um, this legal battle, you know, somebody has to win all the time. Even sports. Sports is very dual and very much in the ego nature, the fear nature. Like, we have to be on top. So it's interesting to think about this in the context of us becoming drained, right? Right. So this is, the Buddha says that this is how we become drained, is that Mm -hmm. we engage in this negative thought. And that, that, because thoughts are energy, and it takes our body's energy to generate all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, every thought is an energy pattern we've created, and we're starting to lose our energy. So as Carolyn May says, sometimes before breakfast, you've lost all your energy <laughs> to worry and concern and all these things you think you have to do. And she's like, you're already drained before lunchtime. And becoming mindful of that dynamic right. is... Essential. That's what awareness is. Conscious right. awareness is being aware of where your mind is going. Because everybody thinks it is autopilot. Right. They think it's uncontrollable. But the truth is, that's because they're not present. Mindfulness is essentially turning off autopilot. Exactly. Right. Right. So the Buddha would definitely advocate that. Yeah. And connecting with your true self. Meditation um, is the best way really. And he has many exercises in the book that will help people if they do these really brief, quick connections and meditations, visualizations. At the end of every chapter is actually a little exercise that you can choose to do. Very cool. Um, So the Buddha also talks about this in the context of healing, right? So Mm -hmm. he said that nothing drains your battery faster than negative thinking, worry, fear, apprehension, lack of self-confidence, guilt, frustration, depression, anxiety. And those are all just labels of fear. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Different names right. for fear, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, nothing drains you faster than these concepts, which cause emotion. Right. These emotions require a lot of fuel. Okay, so, but the concept is that that is, that is what's behind a lot of disease. It is. Um, um, the lack of healing. If people have been reading any kind of New Age materials for the past <laughs> 30 years, they know that our thoughts are directly related to our physical body. The body creates the form. Now, what does that mean? Why does my knee hurt? I, didn't, I wasn't sitting there thinking that I wanted my knee to hurt. Right. No, of course not. But it represents something else. It represents moving forward. It's your masculine side. It's like, what are you apprehensive about? Hmm. That's how you get to the healing. So you find out what the emotional issue is. And you don't even have to go to, to New Age material to find that. There's no. a whole field of psychoneuroimmunology. That's true. Which is, that is looking true. at the way in which our, our views regarding health and illness mm-hmm. yep. dovetail into the health and illness that we experience. Yeah, and I love, um, when it comes to healing, when he was talking about healing, and along that same line, he, um, I'm actually looking in the book to, to quote it for you because I just think it's okay. really powerful. Um, <clears throat> he's talking about negative thinking. He said, if you really realized how you are broadcasting negative energy when you are worrying, like if you're worrying about your child mm-hmm. or your spouse or whoever it is, you're actually sending harmful energy to them and you're draining yourself at the same time. It's lose-lose. He says, <laughs> why would you pollute or populate your own future with negative energy. Why would you do that? This is like blowing toxic smoke into the room where you are about to sleep. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> and and over and over, just about every week, I have a parent in, in my office that says, well, I'm a mother, I have to worry. I'm worried about my son or I'm worried about my... I'm like, you know what you're doing? <laughs> you might as well just poison them. Yeah. And poison yourself because you are losing your fuel you need and instead thinking, you know, more hopefully about the situation or letting it go because you can't control your child anyway. <laughs> and that and the whole control issue is another whole probably conversation. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> save that one. Yeah. So, we should transition soon to yes. uh, okay. to actually channeling the Buddha. To actually the Buddha. There's right. one last concept that we were going to talk about which is politics. Right. Oh yeah. So the Buddha. Oh, politics. Such a heated um, yes. topic right now. The Buddha had interesting politics when he was on Earth, right? Um, he sure did. And uh, he does make some comments in this the book that you channeled. Um, one thing that he said is, "Do not worry about what your governments are up to. Oh yeah. Simply send love to those organizations, and you are done. You are complete. Right. When you send love to something or someone, then they're." is nothing to intend there's nothing to try to fix or heal because you're sending pure life force energy to support the greatest outcome Mm -hmm. love is always the best tool or weapon to use for the greatest outcome now what you think the government ought to be doing or what people think the government ought to be doing might not be the best thing for us we don't know that I mean look at how far we have evolved as a species as a result of wars and mass, you know, murders, and <laughs> we have evolved as a result of that. So it's interesting that so the Buddha teaches not to resist, in a sense. He does. Um, but then there's an interesting political conversation that could be had 
uh, on that because is that saying okay don't protest never never protest when something is uh it's a really good question because if the people as a group really want some change it may be necessary of course it's necessary but are you doing it because you have the goal of the highest outcome or are you doing it because you're mad at somebody else and i think that's the difference in our energy frequency when we're doing that sure you can protest just don't be angry inside Interesting. Be grateful and hopeful that this is going to create change and that you get to be part of it. And that really does uh, frame the protest in a different light. It does. Probably a, a lot of people are, a lot of people are framing it in that way, and a lot of people are not. That's right. And it's all everyone has an individual point of view about it. And we had a recent election, so I mean, lots oh, of protests. Country right now. divided. This is what the media says. The country is divided. Well, yeah, it always was, and now. It's even more intensely divided because everyone thinks that somebody has to be right and somebody has to be wrong when maybe all of the candidates are right. <laughs> and then there's the whole issue of divine order. So uh, yes. every spirit I channel talks about divine order, especially the Buddha. And it's like if you would trust that everything's happening for your benefit, because it is, there is a divine order. There is an orchestration happening in the multiverse that is programming you for success, if you will allow that. Well, let's hear about that from him, why don't we? Ah, I'd love to, sure. So allow me to complete our merging. We have explained the channeling process before, but if someone's just tuning in for the first time. This is the process of allowing Buddha to pour his energy into my body, so to speak. He's actually merging with my body and energy fields. I will disconnect my consciousness from my body. Not completely, but I'll be standing over to the side and then the Buddha will use my brain and vocal cords to speak to you. So you're essentially going into a trance state. I am, going, I am in a trance state now, a semi-trance, yes. And if anybody's interested in the trance state, it's very similar to the daydream state, actually. Okay, and you also have some um, sort of way to visualize the, the, the progress, right? Towards I integration. do, yes. So I have like a loading bar for software in my mind's eye, and it just tells me like, for instance, now we are approaching 78%. I've merged with the Buddha many times, so this is quick. Okay. Quicker than a brand new configuration or being. And I do want to tell you that when I channel, <laughs> it just feels like, it feels like I am that person. Like I have all that wisdom. So I'm hoping that one day I can do this 24-7. <laughs> and then I'll be able to inspire many, many people. Just be a permanent channel. Yeah. I think I'd probably start levitating if I did yeah, that. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. I know, I know. <laughs> maybe that's enlightenment, who knows? Perhaps. Or maybe that's ascension. Maybe it is ascension. Okay, it's time for me to step aside and okay. he will speak to you next. Well, thank you, Cindy. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Okay, thank you.
I am Siddhartha, the Buddha, the Enlightened One, and I would like to begin with a visualization for all of those who are participating. Visualize the emerald color of light. Perhaps you see it as a small point of light. Perhaps you see it as an orb or a sphere. Visualize green, emerald green. Perhaps you are visualizing an emerald stone or a malachite stone. But allow that point of light or that sphere or that body of light to grow, to surround you. Filling your body with gr this green light, surrounding your entire body with this green light so that you can more readily understand the words that I speak to you. And it opens you up to receiving the energy that I am transmitting. Okay. So. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for that visualization. It is always my honor to be in your dual space once again and speak to you in your language. So my first question, who are you? I am a vast... You call me an ascended master, but I am more than that. I am a vast collective of consciousness. All of the aspects she spoke of earlier are part of me. So you are every aspect at once? I am. Interesting. Are you also one specific aspect of the Buddha? I can be. I see. So just as Source has divided itself into trillions of particles, and that is what you are, I have divided myself into different aspects that helped people in ancient times and now to understand mm, my teachings from a different angle, perhaps. I see. Does this make sense? Yes. A different point of view, so one that resonates with them. And what is the aspect that resonates with us? What do we need to hear? The aspect? Yes. You, you of say myself? that you're 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 manifesting in various aspects to fit the time and the place. I do, right? but not in this moment. I, I am all of the aspects at once in this moment. I, I am see. the whole of the Buddha. Okay. Okay. But most understand me to be the one who lived on the planet. Okay. So tell us about divine order. That's what Cindy and I were, were most recently talking about. Yes. And then she cut out and we brought you in. To Difficult for some humans to grasp. But we of the spirit world believe it is always important to plant the seeds because the knowing is always inside. Each individual has access to all of the knowing. And so we cannot actually give you something you do not already have, but we can remind you so that you will remember with it. Does this make sense? Okay. Now, so, remind so us. the way I answer your question may seem confusing, but entertain these concepts and perhaps more will come online in your consciousness for you. Okay. So you have computers, you have an internet here now, and this is not different than the universe. It is a mirror of the universe. There are programmers, there are tech support <laughs> um, beings. There are those who create viruses. And all of this is happening. Your bodies are individual computers and you are all connected to a network like an internet. So there are, and this part is hard to understand perhaps, but there are 
beings, consciousnesses, collective consciousnesses who are involved with and responsible for the programming of every moment. The, the pre-programming of probable outcomes and what I will say about this is that hmm, I'm trying to simplify is that the programming most of the programming which is the greatest percentage of what is occurring is attempting to evolve the, the human collective and the planet not to mention all of the star nations that are also involved in evolution at this time because you are not disconnected from extraterrestrial beings either. This is all part of the oneness. So it could be said that there is a computer programmer developing and creating every moment of your life. But it's more than that. It is orchestrating everything for everyone at once for their greatest benefit. That is what divine order at its most simplified I see. can mean. So, so whatever is going to happen to you in your future has already happened on some other plane. It's already been programmed and all of the people that you will meet and all of the things that you will hear and say are already being either programmed or being programmed. This part is difficult because there is no time beyond this illusion, this mm. holodeck. Okay. Okay. I'm using her terminology, holodeck. <laughs> yes. Um, so... Does this begin to answer the question? It begins. It begins, It begins yes. to answer It cannot be answered completely before your mind cannot understand. So there's this concept of determinism versus free will. Okay. Yes, excellent question. So free will is the choices of thought and behavior within the individual while they are incarnate or in human form. This is an interesting balance and is unique with each, with each person. So it is impossible to say the free will of humans is 25% and the programming is 75%. This is too cut and dried like your mind wants it to be and yet each person varies from moment to moment, day to day. Hmm. Free will is always in play, always available to you. And yet, if you already think about that which is programmed, you will find that the decision you make is the one you're going to make anyway. Yes, I see. So we were also talking about politics. Yes. So what, what would be your politics if you were here with us on this, this earthly plane if in I were here 2017? Now, in 2017, in human form. Yes. What would be your politics? I would teach the same thing I taught when I was walking your planet. Okay. Acceptance. Compassion, which means acceptance. Not... Mm, you have a word for empathy. Empathy is different than compassion because empathy is feeling the emotion with the other person or with the situation. And if it is negative, it is harmful. Hmm. Compassion is accepting what is and then maintaining your center. 
very basically. So my politics would be uh, that I would be teaching the same thing, the same thing that I am attempting to teach through this one and others, the same thing that all of the spirits are attempting to teach humanity through channels such as this one. The information that prophets spoke thousands of years ago, it's all the same information that you must overcome duality. You must overcome fear. Mm -hmm. And as long as something is right or wrong or good or bad, you are still stuck in that reality. So let's say I'm protesting something that I don't like, that uh, some, some aspect of our current political system. I would recommend you demonstrate about something that you do like rather than protesting it against something that you do ah, not like. Interesting. That flies in the face of, <laughs> of just like political thought, I think, at, at this point. Of course it does. Yeah. Because political thought is about duality. Politics is about something being wrong and something being right. So you asked about my politics. It wouldn't be politics at all. It would simply be that I am a master teacher and I continue to teach about compassion and love and acceptance and balance. So how, how might one do that? Let's say, let's say I want to go and protest about something that is currently occurring in my political climate. Uh, and I know also that it would be advisable for me to instead demonstrate regarding something I do like but I can't think of what I would demonstrate about that so I like. So you do and not I know it's opposite you just want it to go away? Mm. You must have a solution or then you are just complaining and engaging in fear. Does this make sense so far? It does make sense. So if you are, in, if you are against something you can be against it, of course. You can lower your energy vibration. You can choose to be there in that victim mode. Or you can start meeting with people, perhaps creating a group of people that are coming up with a solution, something that will replace that which is undesired. So it is okay. the same thing as quitting smoking. What do you replace that with? A new behavior such as drinking water or chewing a piece of gum. I see. Replace it with something. Okay, so we have to be for something rather than against something. This is advisable. If you wish to become enlightened, if you wish to become aware and happy, content. I see. Okay. But some people believe they are happy when they are pushing against. And it's a different kind of happy. There's a certain thrill to it. Of course, there is the adrenaline that the body creates. There is that thrill of as though you are the Olympian winning the sport. It's that kind of thrill, but it is temporary. And it is not enlightenment. It is winning. Hmm. And there's nothing wrong with winning. Please understand that while I teach compassion, which is acceptance of all the way they have, are choosing to be, that we cannot judge the one who is winning, but I can tell you the one who is winning is not as enlightened as the one who is focusing on love and peace and inner peace. Okay. Is there a way to focus on love and peace and inner peace and still win? This is possible, yes. When you have no attachment to winning, but the winning comes as a pleasant surprise because you did your very best and you were in alignment with love. So a person who is unhappy about the political climate 
could choose a thing to be happy about and focus on that and add energy with through through our thought through our action Yes, but it will be difficult for that person to think about the opposite of what they are pushing against because they do not know what it is. So it is better for them to think about puppies, to shift their awareness. It is better for them to think about ice cream or a beautiful sunny day on the beach. It's better to get the mind out of the topic itself just for a few moments. This is all it takes. I see. Meditation, of course. Is helpful but what was the original question well I mean what if the person really does want to change something in the political sphere if they are feeling the drive and the passion to do so that is their purpose and it makes and it gives them energy because if they have that passion and they have signed up for so to speak that project in their life or that mission, then it is aligned. See, it is difficult to answer for everyone. I see. So let's say it is aligned for me, the idea of changing something in the political yes. sphere. Yes. I should find something positive to add energy to rather than fighting Definitely. against something. Or you will be out of balance. I find it hard to even think of an example of, of something positive in the political sphere to add energy to. <laughs> in your current political <laughs> sphere? Yes. Because, and this is the other, th the biggest problem about the state of your politics is that there is only a very small percentage of what is actually going on that you even know about. Hmm. It is 20% or less. And so without seeing that big picture, this is where your country becomes divided because you cannot see the entire puzzle. You can only see one piece. And so you are, your mind is going to conclusions about this candidate or that person or this leader, or um, they mentioned this in the past, so this must be their stance. And that is not always correct. And the future can change at any moment. So there are way too many assumptions in your current society, far too many assumptions. And this is engaging in fear. Mm -hmm. Interesting. What if you focused your energies, perhaps in a group meditation, on sending love to your leader, sending supportive energy for this person who is being slammed and bashed every single day? Can you imagine all the thoughts that are being projected to that person that you need to lead you, but they are being depleted by those kind of energetic attacks? Hmm. If you want the person to lead you, although some of you do not, but you do not have a choice right now, let go of your assumptions and send love instead of hate or fear or any of those other labels of fear. That is a very interesting and helpful way to frame it. If, if, we're, sending, if we're sending fear his way, that's not helping anything. You are depleting yourself of energy which lowers your frequency and makes you engage in more fear, makes it more intense, and you're also broadcasting it. You're basically like a, a water gun. You're shooting it toward that person and, it, and they are receiving it. Very interesting. All right, well, we are running out of time. Um, what other concepts would you like to clarify 
given Cindy and my previous conversation? Free will. Okay. I wish to clarify free will because humans do not seem to hear about free will enough because they are not, they're mo for the most part, they are still not understanding that they have that kind of power. So free will is the most important thing that you can, mm, the most important concept that you can embody, really. So every thought is a choice. And every thought is the only thing you can control. So your free will is the one thing you can control in this world. You cannot control the government, at least not as an individual. You cannot control other people. Very, very important. For so many humans believe that if that person will change or if that situation will change, then I will finally be happy. Hmm. And that is backwards. You must choose to be happy now, even about puppies or <laughs> a uh, pretty rock that you have on your desk, anything. There are things to find in the room you're sitting in that cause you to smile or make you happy. And if you cannot find any, then perhaps a redecoration is in order. <laughs> okay. And that redecoration also applies to you, your body, your mind. It's the inner mind that can either become very toxic and make you sick or can make great positive change for you and for others. Okay, excellent. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to you and know that my words also carry energy frequencies that will help your evolution. And know that we are, on some level, on a very high level, we are all equals. Do not be afraid to ask for the help of spirits. We are more than willing to assist you because especially I understand the struggles and the challenges of human life. Thank you. Thank you, Buddha. As always, thank you. It is my honor to provide this opportunity for all of us to learn and to remember, as he said, well, thank you, Cindy, for rejoining us. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. It's always such a treat to do this. Any closing comments? Uh, oh any gosh. comments? For Cause so what you could I possibly say that? <laughs> uh, I will quote the Buddha. How okay. about that? All from right. the book. Um, what do you believe you can and cannot do? I suspect that what you believe you cannot do is illusion. That is not the truth. Because the truth, truth is that you are capable of anything, anything you desire. A mind as vast as the universe with access to all the power, more power than you can imagine. But you must first believe, be, live. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Very, very wise words. Yes. Thank you, Buddha. We are all very grateful for your assistance and helping us to remember who we really are. Yes. And thank you, Cindy, for bringing us this information. Thank you, Michael, for facilitating. <laughs> Thanks all around. <laughs> thank you, and thank yourself for taking the time to entertain some new spiritual concepts today. I hope it has been interesting and or helpful. You can find Cindy's channeled books on Amazon. Kindle versions also available. And visit my website, cindyriggs.com.